Our first scripture reading this morning is from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9, which can be found on pages 681, 680, and 681 in your pew Bible. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you and your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And we are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Our second scripture reading this morning is from the New Testament book of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37, which can be found on pages 925 and 926 of your pew Bible. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near. At the very gates... Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Here we are again, O oh God, gathered together in worship. We have sung your praises. We have admitted our failings and shortcomings and heard of your grace. We have heard your word read. And we ask that you would be at work among us by the power of your Holy Spirit. That through your word read and proclaimed, we might receive your living word, Jesus Christ. Open our ears, our minds, our very hearts, that in him we might hear and receive life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this holiday season has already begun a bit differently for me than um, has been the case in years past, in that um, I discovered earlier in the fall that I had taken almost none of my vacation time, and um, not wanting to lose it all and feeling in need of a little bit of a break anyway, don't, can't imagine why, um, I talked with Charles and we decided that probably would be a good idea to take some vacation time before the Advent season started. Um, and so the beginning, first part of uh, November, I was gone for a couple of weeks and went to visit my sons the first week in North Carolina. And then, and here is the, that's special, but even more special is that the week of Thanksgiving, I was able to go down to Jacksonville to spend Thanksgiving with my mom. Uh, which I have not been able to do in, she could tell you exactly how long. Um, I just know I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, and so she is in her late 80s and still living in the house I grew up in, in Jacksonville. And so it was delightful to, to go and spend Thanksgiving um, with her. So um, driving on Monday of Thanksgiving week down um, Interstate 95 to Jacksonville, Driving along, I noticed, discovered, um, just, I think, south of Savannah, there was a new outlet mall. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's about halfway, so that'd be a good place to stop on the way back. Um, it was afternoon, I wanted to get there by supper time, and so I wasn't going to stop on the way, but I thought, oh, okay, I can maybe stop off and stretch my legs um, on the way back, about halfway. I have not been to that outlet mall because I came back on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Traffic slowed on the interstate as uh, I approached because about half the cars driving along with me wanted to take that exit. So I was going slow enough that I could look off to the uh, left-hand side where the mall was and see the parking lot. And I had a, a minute to look and see, and I did not see a single empty parking space. I did not even think about getting off the interstate. Maybe another time. I, so have any of y'all been 
Thanksgiving is early in relation to Christmas this year. Um, we had a Sunday in between before the first Sunday of, of Advent. Sometimes the Sunday right after Thanksgiving is the first Sunday of Advent, but we had an extra extra few days. So have, have y'all been to um, the malls, been shopping, been out um, yet? I had an errand to run this week at Town Center. I went after five and before seven. I figured everybody would be home for supper. It was mostly true. I, I still think that's a good strategy. It's just, it's never fun. I got in and out as quickly as I could. For me, it, it caused me to think and knowing, thinking about these texts uh, in the back of my head, there is a sort of dissonance at this time of year, a sort of a disconnect, as if there are two parallel holiday tracks that have the same name but are very different in focus. And it's important, I think, for those of us who understand ourselves to be Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, whose birth, after all, is anticipated first and then celebrated at this season, to be aware of that. And so I want to ask two questions as we begin this Advent season. Not Christmas yet. We'll come back to that in a minute. Advent. Two questions. What kind of music do you hear first? And second, as you go about preparing for the upcoming Christmas holiday, do you find anything that's going to change anyone's life in a deep, fundamental, positive way? First, the music. We always, we pastors, and Barbara too, I suspect, hear complaints during this season that we don't sing enough Christmas music. Right? Maybe you've even heard that or perhaps even been one of the ones who makes that, uh, asks that question. I was walking Millie this week around the neighborhood and went past a, one of the churches that's not far from where I live and the choir was in the choir room. It was Wednesday or Thursday evening. I can't remember um, what, t what day it was. But the choir was rehearsing and... I was a little surprised that the choir was singing, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Not that there's anything wrong with that piece of music. I just don't typically think of it as sacred music, per se. Um, so maybe they're going to sing it at a family night supper or some other time such as that. I trust not in the worship service. But in any case, I, you know, I think more of um, the song that we sang after the passing of the peace. People look east. The time is near of the crowning of the year. Make your house fair as you are able. Trim the hearth and set the table. People look east and sing today. Love, the guest, is on the way. We wait. It's not 
Frosty the snowman we wait for, or even Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Love the guest is on the way. We wait. Listen to the song Isaiah sings that the lectionary gives us for today. See if it sounds like a Christmas song that, or a song that you would expect to hear at the mall this time of year. Oh, that you would tear the sky open and come down, Isaiah sings. Hard to hear that to the tune of Frosty the Snowman or chestnuts roasting on an open fire. So that the mountains would quake at your presence, to make your name known to your enemies, so that the nations might quake at your presence. And here's Jesus' song for today from Mark. I'm coming back. No one knows the time. Be alert. Watch. Or as we might say today, wait for it. Wait for it. And that brings me to my second question. As you look around, as you run around doing errands, as you do your shopping, do you expect to find anything that's going to change anybody's life? That's what we're really looking for, I think. That one thing that will touch our hearts and heal us. Something to fill the hunger, the yearning that we all have deep inside. I have a suspicion that that's why for some this season has a bit of a sense of franticness to it rather than peace. And that for some the Christmas season never quite delivers is a bit of a disappointment. I hope that's not true for us. It certainly shouldn't be, but we need to recognize that for many, that's the experience of this season. And I think we can make a difference, perhaps, if we're aware. See, Isaiah sings his song at a dark time in Israel's history. Because remember, Israel's very existence is proof of God's reality and of God's involvement, presence in the world, in history. They came to be. Israel's created by an act of God setting them free from Egypt, the most powerful nation on the face of the earth at that time. But now, in Isaiah's time, as he as he speaks, sings these words, Israel has been defeated. Jerusalem captured the temple, torn down, defiled, and Isaiah and his people are in exile. Where is God? And Isaiah cries out on behalf of the people, oh, that you would tear the sky open and come down. And Mark remembers Jesus' words that all this will be fulfilled before the present generation passes away at a time when that present generation is indeed passing away. 
And there are fewer and fewer left around Mark who saw Jesus face to face, who witnessed what he did and heard the words he spoke. So he reminds them that Jesus promises that he who came in answer to Isaiah's call will come again. And you see, that makes all the difference for us. That's what I want to say today. Because the present, the moment that we have, each moment that we live has its meaning from that which has come before and that which we expect. We do not live in the past nor anxious about the future. We live in the present, but we know that the present moment is the moment given to us by God. God who has acted in the past to claim us and will come again in the future means that there is an urgency to our lives this moment. That we are called to live out the love of Christ now. Not to put it off till tomorrow because we don't know if we have tomorrow. Whatever way you understand that, it is a basic truth. We live as disciples of Christ in this moment. And it should make a difference. There is always a battle, I think, going on about what it means to be Christian, what it means to live in this season. And I think we need to be aware of that. It's not always conscious. I'm not al- I don't always think it's necessarily done with bad intentions. But, you know, I have a hard time believing that we follow a Lord who would lash out at someone because they didn't greet him in this season with the proper words or phrase. We follow a Lord of grace and a Prince of peace and the one who was God's love incarnate. Do we really think he would chastise someone because they said something other than Merry Christmas? I have a hard time believing that. Maybe I'm wrong. When we know that the Lord is liable to return at any time, the present suddenly has an urgency. But it's not an urgency about watching people's language. It is an urgency about love that remembers that each and every person who crosses our path is a precious child of God, a brother, a sister in Jesus Christ, to whom we may be called to minister, from whom we may hear God's word. And so we are called to live lives with a certain openness to God's grace in Jesus Christ, which sometimes is surprising. Watching gives our time, our days, our lives their proper meaning. As far as is humanly possible, we can live each day in hope, knowing that we belong to God 
energized for the tasks that are ours. We may end the day tired, but that's okay if we're tired from doing the work we are called to do as Christians. And we can wake each morning knowing that the day that lies ahead will give us the chance to live out our faith again. Sometimes in ways we might not be able to predict. Meeting people who in some way need what we have to offer. It may may not always be easy. It certainly won't always be fun. But I can promise that if we take it seriously, it will always be satisfying in a deep down soul-centered way. Because we know where we come from. We Christians, and we know where we're going to, who we are and whose we are. Because believe me, Jesus is coming again. He promised it. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But then again, it just may be. You never know. But you know he's coming. So watch. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.